This is the Frey Podcast, brought to you by thefrey.com, a place for women who want more from life. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to today's podcast episode. This is a solo one and it's all about just normalizing our right to change and how important it is that we do change in life. And I wanted to just reflect on a couple of things that I've personally changed my mind on recently. And I also wanted to apologize because there are certain things that have genuinely kept me up at night, still keep me up at night, and I still am kind of probing uh, and being curious about why I am the way I am and what it is that I'm feeling right now about certain topics, which sounds oh so very ambiguous. But I think it's very tempting, right, when we follow people online that we want to freeze them in time or that we want to use them as some sort of marker on how well we personally are doing, right? And I think that that's probably a callback to hundreds, thousands, millions of years ago when we all lived in a village and we all really knew a bit about each other and we could use other people's status, I guess, to position ourselves so that we understood ourselves more. Gosh, I hope that makes sense. But what I guess I'm getting at is it's very easy in today's day and age where we have access to so many different personalities and so many different people's lives through that little window on our screen that we get to peek through. Keeping in mind, it is a window that anyone who shares anything online has allowed you to look through. You know, that is a curated window. We are inviting you to look through that window only. Um, but when you do look through that window and you look into someone's life, often the people that we are following online become like a, a thing that we use to judge our own moral compass by. You know, you might see someone do something online and you think, oh, I would never do that. So I'm so much better than that person. And that might not be the direct thought, but it could be an indirect thought. You could take a conversation to friends and dissect the way that someone lives their life because it gives you some sort of moral comfort or some sort of feeling of superiority. It can go the other way as well. You might follow someone online and you might walk away from any interaction or turn away from an interaction and feel less than. And in a way, that can actually be something that your brain has sought out because you might have some sort of limiting belief and then it feels good 
in the really, in the worst way possible to then prove that negative belief that you have about yourself by following someone and going, yeah, I am a bit shittier than them. I'm not as good as them. Um, you know, I'll never be like that. I'll never eat that way. I'll never live that way. And even though it's not a positive thing, it can provide some sort of sick level of reassurance and comfort because it is confirming a negative belief that you have about yourself. So, I mean, just on, on the content, in the context of that, it can be a bit like if you're dating someone and you don't feel like you're good enough to be with that person, when things end, you might feel a sense of relief or vindication because deep down you felt all along that you weren't worthy of it. And it doesn't feel good. You're not happy about it, but there is some sort of sense of recognition that what you felt or what you believed is true. And that's perhaps a whole other conversation about our negative brain bias and how it's much easier for us to dwell on things that are negative and upsetting and It's just so much easier for us to believe that stuff to be true versus the more positive stuff that takes a bit more effort, a bit more um, just, yeah, effort and time and all of that stuff. But what I'm getting at is when we follow people online, and I think everyone listening will likely have a social media account and follow at least a handful of people. But sometimes we use those people to judge where we are in our own life, be it positive, be it negative, be it a source of comfort, whatever it is. And because of that, we often like the people that we follow online to fit very neatly into a box. If they say one thing, we want to hold them to account to like within an inch of their life because they said that. And it's a very inflexible way of thinking. It's so rigid and it's also so unrealistic. And I I understand I have felt that way too. You know, there will be people that I follow and I'll think, oh no, they said X, Y, Z. Why are they now doing something different? And I have to catch myself and go, oh, well, it is six months later and that relationship has ended or their children are older or whatever it is. But I guess there's a sense of comfort in wanting people to be very predictable. And this is top of mind for me recently because I shared on Instagram that I was spending time with my mom and I've delved into this on social and I'm not going to go down that path right now, but people were genuinely pissed off, genuinely pissed off that, you know, a year or eight months after saying that things were a bit strained and I didn't have much of a relationship there, that I am trying to repair it. And it's so interesting to me, and that's why it's top of mind about how people put such high expectations on people that they don't know. But I think, and this is just like a very, uh, it's just my theory, I have no basis for this, but I imagine that people do that because it provides a level of safety. It's like, right, that's how they are. I need them to be like that because then I can move on and focus on more important things. And I don't have to really think about the fact that certain things are out of control in life. I can put a bow around that and that is that. But we have to normalize change because we all change. Right now, you like you, the version of you that is listening to this podcast, you are not the same as the version of you six months ago, a year ago, five years ago, 10 years ago. 
And if you are, if you honestly think I am exactly the same, then perhaps you've not grown at all. You've not learned, you've not been through life experiences because life experiences change us. You know, even going through the pandemic, I think we all came out a bit different. When you are at work, those work experiences shape you. Having children, being in relationships, friendships, like things that you see online can change and shape you. So I just can't believe that someone wouldn't be somehow different. Age changes us, the way that we think, the way that we feel, all of that stuff. And it is so positive to be able to change our minds. If we're not changing our minds, we're going to feel stuck and nobody wants to feel stuck in their own life. Lives <laughs> on a bit of a rant there. But this episode is all about things that I personally have changed my mind about. And because I do share things uh, via this podcast, via social media, I know that sometimes people will hear me say something and they'll hold on to it and they'll want that to be rigidly true forevermore. Like they'll hold me accountable or the moment I deviate, it's like, that gotcha moment, which again, I've spoken about in another podcast. Um, And it's just not fair, right? We all change. We all have contradictions that exist within us. So a handful of things that I have changed my mind about, and also things, well, one thing in particular that I want to own and apologize for, because I have changed my mind so much so that I feel bad. I feel bad for past Kylie, uh, and for any potential damage that it may have caused to anyone. But that's life, right? Like, and I think it's okay to feel bad about things. You know, so many people will say, oh, you shouldn't regret anything. But I think regret and I think guilt are so powerful. You know, one of the boys recently was saying he felt guilty about something and what does he do with that? You know, he's saying, "I, I don't know how to get rid of that guilty feeling. And I said to him, Don't be afraid of feeling guilty because guilt tells you that like your little moral compass was off. It tells you that you know that you did the wrong thing and that's powerful and that's great because you can listen to that and recalibrate um, and make better choices next time. So don't ever be afraid to recognize something you regret or something you feel poorly about because it can just improve you and help you to make better choices moving forward. So up top, the thing that I have wanted to articulate, and I may not do a good job at this, right? I may just completely sound like I am talking absolute nonsense, but this is what's on my mind lately. Up top, I want to uh, apologize. I want to say sorry for videos I have shared in the past that have made anyone feel less than in terms of when I have shared videos like day on the plate videos. I feel like in particular, a day on the plate video can be quite harmful to other people and it's unnecessary. And I think it comes from a place of almost virtue signaling, right? Like it's this way of creating content where you say, oh, this is how I eat and this is how you could eat. And it just feels, yeah, virtue signaling-ish, which means like it's um, 
like I guess virtual signal, virtuals, virtue signaling is when you're putting stuff out there to try and make yourself seem better than you are, or like you have the answers on a certain topic. And I know that day on the plate videos can be very interesting and you might watch one and go, oh, that's a great idea. I hadn't thought that I should eat that meal or I haven't had that snack in ages. They can be a really helpful thing, but where my head is at at the moment and where my heart is at at the moment is I think they probably do more harm than good because the way that we eat has become almost like this moral thing, like this moral high ground of, you know, if you eat the way that I eat, you could look the way that someone else looks and like, it's just a yucky thing. And so upon reflection, the day on the plate videos that I shared years ago, I have felt a bit of regret over them because I think that they could be more harmful than they are helpful. Um, Yeah. So that's just something I wanted to touch on. I am also in this I guess, state of mind right now where I acknowledge that a day on the plate video might not be, I think a day on the plate video can be really harmful to someone. Um, But then I will share workouts and it's like, where is this line? What is the line that I am comfortable with? And it can get a bit spirally, right? Like even I was having a conversation with Jordan and I was saying to her, Like it's only in the last couple of years that I have come to understand and I have a limited understanding of it because I don't have any lived experience, but that I have come to understand the fat phobia in our society in a broader sense. It's only been recently that I have really understood that for people living in larger bodies, they are facing so much negative bias in their everyday life. Someone in a larger body that goes to a doctor's with the same symptoms that I would go to, they are then uh, criticized for for the weight that they are and their symptoms, the things that they are experiencing will very likely in so many situations be blamed on their weight. Whereas the thin privilege that someone in a smaller body has means you can walk into a doctor's and you can share your symptoms and your weight isn't a factor and you might get a better service. You will likely get a better service in terms of maybe taken more seriously, having to not go through that first level or however many levels of resistance to get the help that you need. And so because I am trying to be so much more aware of stigma, of different body sizes and shapes, it brings up different things within me, right? And so the day on the plate thing is something I've reflected on. I'm like, how is that actually helpful? Like, how is it helpful? I love the idea of sharing a recipe here or there. And I mean, the tuna sashimi recipe that uh, Brendan and I shared on Instagram is one of my most saved things. I'm all for sharing a delicious recipe, but I am not for presenting content that makes someone feel, and again, I understand like make someone feel is an interesting sentence because I have no control over how someone feels or interprets it. But I think objectively, if you are presenting, this is a day on the plate and it's this perfectly clean, minimal style of eating, it's likely going to make someone else feel less than, or it could be very triggering for someone. 
And so I want to take more responsibility for the content that I am creating and putting out there. Not that I create a lot of content. Let's be honest, I'm pretty shitty when it comes to content creation. You know, sometimes I'll post every day for like a couple of days and I'll pat myself on the back and then I'll fall off the cliff again because I'm deep in mum life or work life or whatever it is. So I'm not at all saying, oh, I'm this huge content creator that has this huge impact, but I just want to be more responsible. And so with that responsible kind of lens on, I even question sharing workout videos, right? And I'll go back and forth on this because I'm like, oh, sharing a workout video, is that virtue signaling? And then I think to myself, no, because I often go to Instagram and I enjoy seeing other people move their bodies and it's not about how their body looks. It's about the movement and what that gives the person. And then I think, well, does that mean I need to go and put a shirt on when I'm doing my workouts? And then I'm like, no, because then that's not authentic to who I am because that's not how I train. And it's all of these spirally contradictory thoughts. And sometimes I think, gosh, it's so exhausting just living up in your own head, isn't it? But these are the conversations I'm having in real life with my girlfriends. You know, I will say, I am fundamentally against using a filter that changes your skin texture or the shape of your face, alters your appearance, but then I do go and get anti-wrinkle injections. So we all have these contradictions that exist within ourselves, but where I am right now, I do genuinely want to try and do better and be better. And it's no secret, I have shared this over and over again, it's no secret I've struggled with body image uh, in my early 20s especially. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Like, I'll never um, pretend that I have the healthiest mindset with all of that stuff. I'm so much better where I am now. And when I am training now, I'm doing moves that I'm like, oh, I want to nail that single leg, single leg squat because it feels so good to be strong. And just yesterday I was doing a workout and I was doing my push-ups on my toes and then dragging the dumbbell across under me for like that pull-through move. And I thought to myself, I'm so strong, you know, like six months ago, eight months ago, I had to do my push-ups on my knees. And so I have different metrics for what feels good and why I'm moving my body now but I understand that that might not be perceived by someone who follows along online. So just know that I do, uh, I want to do better and be better for the people that follow along. And part of that is, I think, having that discussion about when content is not helpful. And I'm trying to do that, you know, like before I post something, I will think, is this helpful? Like, what is the actual reason behind me sharing that? I've always been someone who is quite inquisitive and I want to understand why I am the way I am. And I'll reflect on things. You know, I remember years ago, someone said to me, "Uh, did people ask for this content? Did people ask to see your children playing on Instagram? And I reflected on it and it was during a period of time where I was so desperately lonely, so desperately lonely. And I didn't have someone who I could share my parenting experience with in the intimate way that you share with a partner. You know, I was seeing someone at that time that was not involved with the kids hardly at all. And I guess there was part of me that wanted 
to feel like my parenting experience was being witnessed. So I would share the kids playing and jumping on the couch and dancing and all of that sort of stuff. And so I'm always willing to reflect on why I'm doing certain things. And, you know, sometimes I'll go to upload something or a story and I'll think, oh, I'm doing that. That's an ego thing. Like that's coming from an ego place. And I'm trying to catch myself and get better at that. But yeah, when I reflect on things I've shared in the past, one of my regrets is doing content like day on the plate content because I just think it's more harmful than it is helpful. So moving forward, that's not something you'll see from me. Not that I've done it recently. I haven't done it in years, but I just I just don't think it's helpful. And if it doesn't feel good for you and you're following people who do those day on the plate videos and maybe share the amount of calories or, you know, talk about like, oh, I'm in a cutting phase or a bulking phase or whatever it is, maybe just check in with yourself and go, how does that make me feel? Like, do I want to look at food like that or do I want to look at food for fuel? And whatever answer comes up for you is fine. This is just where I'm at at the moment. I can really enjoy some people uploading their day on the plate and I'll be like, holy moly, that's such a good idea. But other times it could be really triggering depending on the person. So that's something. The next thing that I have changed my mind about is the importance of having the same last name as my children. And I guess this has come with a bit of time and a bit of knowledge and also probably some healthy self-esteem. But when their dad and I first separated, I felt that it was so important that I kept the same last name as the boys because I wanted them to feel like we were connected. And now I feel a bit silly saying that because now upon thinking about this topic, a name doesn't mean shit. You can have the same last name as someone and feel so disconnected from them Or you might feel an incredible bond to your name. We all have such a different connection to our own names. But I know for sure that when it comes to my kids, they will feel connected to me because I am here every day for them. I am so supportive. I am so loving that us having a different last name doesn't need to mean anything at all. And we are so conditioned to romanticize this notion of getting married and taking on a man's last name. And for what? It's such an outdated, shitty tradition, I think, right now where I am, that it just doesn't need to be done. Like it does not need to be done. And we have a right to choose our own last name. And it doesn't need to mean anything negative in terms of the connection that we have with our children. So I have decided to change my last name and I will, you know, if the boys say to me, oh, why don't we have the same last name, which we've had these conversations, I'll be honest with them and say, you know, well, I changed my name when I got married and I don't want that last name anymore. It doesn't feel like my last name. I did it because it was a tradition and I didn't give it a lot of thought. It wasn't something that I decided upon autonomously. It was something that I just accepted as the done thing. And upon reflection and perhaps becoming a better feminist and understanding a little bit more about uh, the tradition of marriage, which I'll touch on in a minute, and taking on a partner's name, 
it doesn't feel that good for me anymore. The next thing I've changed my mind about is marriage, right? I just right now don't feel like marriage is important for me at all. And Brendan feels the same way as well. This is not surprising to him. This is not news to him. I recognize we are an engaged couple, but I highly doubt that we will go through with actually getting married because the more I learn about marriage, the more I think about it, the more I reflect on it, it doesn't feel as important for me. And I understand some people listening will be a bit upset or offended or triggered by that because it feels very important for them or it is important for you. And if it's important to you, that is great. Like there's absolutely um, no reason that you need to feel any differently about marriage or feel threatened, threatened might not be the right word, triggered by what I'm saying. Just where I am now, I'm turning 36 this year. I don't feel like marriage is an important thing for me at all. And when I read about, when I learn, when I listen to other people speak about the topic of marriage and the history of marriage, it actually doesn't really line up with those feminist views as well for me about autonomy, about being valued, about being equal. There's a lot of stuff when it comes to marriage that just doesn't feel good or feel right for me at this point in time. Will I change my mind about it again? Maybe, who knows? Like, don't be surprised if in six months I'm like, oh, we eloped, like that could happen. But right now it is not a priority at all for me. It's a priority for one of the boys. One of the boys keeps saying, when are you and Brendan going to get married? Because he really wants to wear this purple velour blazer. He's had his heart set on. So um, we might get the kid the blazer and have a dinner, but it's much less about the actual tradition uh, of saying those vows and making that commitment for us right now. Something else that I have changed my mind about that I have spoken about on and off for years is, how do I even word this right? So I've spoken about polarity and I think polarity is important. I think the feminine and the masculine energy, they exist. We all have feminine and masculine in us. Some men are much more masculine at their core, all of that sort of stuff. But for a while there, and I guess to be completely transparent, When you're trying hard to work on a relationship, you do want to understand the part that you play in that breakdown or the part that you play within that repair, or you want to take responsibility for certain things. And I have definitely been of the school of thought uh, for a little while, for the last couple of years, not the last year, but before that, I've really felt that a woman has a lot of power and responsibility to tap into her feminine energy to allow that polarity to exist. I still think a woman has a lot of power in her femininity, but I have changed how I feel about the responsibility of a woman to make a man feel masculine. It is not our responsibility to make a man feel masculine. If a man feels emasculated, if he feels less of a man because you are a powerful woman who knows what you want and 
you know, goes after it or if they feel less of a man because you have to sometimes slip into your masculine to get shit done around the house and to raise children, that is not your responsibility. And that's something that feels very different for me. And it might even be uncomfortable to hear. It's kind of a tricky one to articulate because I still am a fan of polarity and I feel that polarity in the relationship that I am in. My partner is a very masculine man, but masculine in the way of he's just himself and I don't have to do anything or be any certain way to make him be like that. And so perhaps it's getting older, perhaps it is being with someone who is just how he is, regardless of how I am, that has allowed me to feel less responsible I also think it's just such a female thing that we take responsibility for every single thing in our life and we want to be the one to do better and be better and of course radical responsibility is great but sometimes we over-index on it, right? And we think, oh, I need to take more responsibility to make their life better or to make this situation better and it's like, no, 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 if your partner needs you to make them feel like a man, they need to take a good hard look in the mirror and go and do the things that make them feel like a man or gives them true self-esteem. And that is not your responsibility. You are not their parent. You are not their life coach. And so that's something that I feel differently about now at this stage of my life. Maybe, you know, maybe it is just being more at peace with who I am authentically. I don't know. Maybe again, it is just having a partner who is um, stoic in the way of like, Brendan is kind of unmovable in his masculinity. If I am feminine and soft, he is masculine. If I am being the taskmaster of like hustle, hustle out of the pool to the dinner table, let's get things happening, everyone's got to go to bed, he is still masculine. If I have success at work, he is still masculine. He doesn't um, need me to make myself small so that he feels big. And I think in the past I have misunderstood polarity and perhaps fed into this notion of make yourself more palatable so that the polarity exists and maybe it's just being in a healthier spot all round. So anyway, those are a couple of things that I have changed my mind about recently and things that I want to take responsibility for moving forward as well. And I want to invite you to reflect, like when you turn this podcast off, don't race to the next thing. Take a moment, take five minutes, take 10, take the day, but think about what are the things that you have changed your mind about and why. And also let's celebrate change in other people too. If a friend comes to you and they've changed their mind about something or they've evolved or you notice your partner has or your children have, celebrate it, acknowledge change and growth. That's what we're here for. A little while ago on Instagram, I asked the question, I put it out there, what have you changed your mind about? And I had a variety of responses come through, but I thought I would wrap this episode by sharing a few of them with you. 
One was horse racing. I used to attend events for fun and now I say nup to the cup and I am right there with you. Gosh, when I was 18, 19, 20, I used to think getting dressed up for the races was so fun and it was like I had a great time. But now you will not catch me dressed up for the races. You will not catch me posting about the races. I understand more about the industry. I understand about how awful it is for the horses. I'm not going to the Melbourne Cup. So yeah, I am right there with you. Another one was euthanasia. Doesn't say what what direction they've changed their mind for. Um, changed my mind on old holiday destinations. 2023 is the year of new experiences. Yes, change your mind. My gosh, I've said this so many times and you'll know what I'm about to say. But when the boys were little, I used to say, I don't have any desires to go anywhere. I love where I live and I'm happy staying put. And then now the boys are nine and I'll talk about places I want to go and things I want to do and see. And some people are like, "Uh, uh, uh, no, 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 no. You do not want to do that. You said you didn't want to do that. What a liar you are. And like, these are people on social media getting all up in arms because I've changed my mind. I don't know. Seven, eight years later, it is wild to me. Again, Australia Day came through a lot. I think a lot of us are so much more aware of um, how harmful celebrating Australia Day can actually be for others. Um, What else have we got here? Um, That just because someone's family doesn't earn them a spot in your life, I used to think family equals forever. Yeah, you absolutely can change your mind about that. Needing to be married, to have the same name as children. Um, What else have we got here? Someone said, I changed my mind about not doing an Instagram post when I got engaged. Changed my mind about my eggs. I don't know whether that is means like fertility eggs or how you have your eggs for breakfast. Not sure. Not keeping the peace with family members just because they are family. Um, Maybe, just maybe I'll give mum jeans a go. There are a variety of um, different answers here. I changed my mind that being 40 isn't too old to start studying. Changed my mind about swear words being bad and offensive. They are just words. Changed my mind about doing IVF. I changed my mind about maternity leave. I thought I would take years off to work. Sorry, I thought I would take years off work. But after 11 months, I was like, nope, I need to restart my brain and go back to work. Changed my mind about sleepovers. I was never going to let my children have sleepovers. Changed my mind about abortion. Changed my mind about homeschooling, career path, ending a 35-year relationship. There's a multitude of um, answers here. One about grief as well. Rather than being sad and emotional, I'll embrace and celebrate the good times because our time here is limited. Ultimately, this episode is all about inviting you to reflect on things that you've changed your mind about and to accept it and embrace it and celebrate it for other people. I would love to hear from you. Slide into my DMs or leave a comment. Tell me something that you have changed your mind about. Uh, And yeah, 
That's it, guys. Those are the things that are on my mind recently. I hope you enjoy this solo episode. It would mean the world to me if you take time to subscribe to the podcast. If you subscribe to the podcast, it means that you will receive the automatic updates. You'll know when a new episode has dropped. And it's also really uh, beneficial for us as a podcast to be able to reach more people as well. So if you are not subscribed and you listen to the podcast and you enjoy it, please take a moment to hit the little plus button, hit the follow button, hit subscribe. If you don't know how to do it, send me a DM and I'll tell you how to do it. Like I'll show you. It's pretty simple, but yeah, if you can take the time to subscribe or leave a positive review, that would mean so much to us over here. All right. I will love and leave you now. I hope you've liked this episode and remember that if we're not changing, then we're not growing and we are all here to grow. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started 